a guide to mental and emotional wellness, biblical wisdom, practical principles, clinical insight by me, Dr. Jennifer Lundgren. Chapter 9, Connection and Community Quote, Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Galatians 6 verse 2 Quote, You can't stay in your corner of the forest, waiting for others to come to you. You have to go to them sometimes. A. A. Milne, Winnie the Pooh My best friend was killed when we were 33 years old. I'll never forget when my mom called to tell me that Nikki had died. I was riding in my car with my husband and three kids on a Sunday afternoon in June. My mom called me and I immediately knew that something was wrong. She told me that my best friend and her husband had gotten into a motorcycle accident the night before. My mom was struggling to talk and I remember feeling confused. She said, Matt is doing okay, but Nikki didn't make it. I was in shock. My best friend was a stay-at-home mom. She wasn't supposed to be dead from a motorcycle accident. She was riding with her husband. She was wearing a helmet. They were taking a Saturday night cruise with another couple, and a deer walked in front of them. They hit the deer, and my friend died on the scene. She had three young children, ages one, three, and five, the exact same number and ages of my children. We had been pregnant together every time. She visited me in the hospital when I had my first son, and she cried when she held him because she was pregnant with her first son at the time. I had just been to her farm for a play date with the kids the previous week. The night she died, the church where she was a member hosted an outdoor event in their parking lot as a way to come together and grieve. We cried and prayed and sang together. It was the height of COVID and we are all craving connection. It was a traumatic loss for all of us and we needed to grieve together. That night, Nikki's pastor shared what Nikki had written in her will, which she had recently updated with her husband. This 33-year-old wrote, I'm in heaven with our Savior Jesus, pain-free. And someday, with faith in our Savior, we will meet again. Love you, Nicole. Nikki's death had a profound impact on me. When she died, several people called her their best friend, myself included. She was an absolute connector. She arranged and hosted gatherings with our high school friends including our yearly treasured cookie jamboree, where we were supposed to make cookies around the holiday, but typically ended up drinking wine and talking together. During COVID, she made sure we stayed connected through group video calls, and she was so good about checking in and sending support. When she died, I grieved not only the loss of a dear friend, but it also made me realize the importance of Christian friends, among other things. Relationships are one of the most important aspects of our lives. Being a part of an engaging community gives us a sense of belonging, a core need for human beings. 
there is an abundance of research that shows the enormous influence that relationships have on our well-being. People with strong social networks enjoy better mental and physical health, and they even live longer. A lack of a connection to other people is associated with many unfavorable health outcomes, including addiction. Have you ever been in a place where you just wanted someone to understand what it felt like to be you? Maybe it was after a fight with a spouse, during a period of grief, during a situation that felt like no one got it, or when you felt like you couldn't share your experience with anyone else? That's what disconnection feels like. That's what isolation feels like. That's what loneliness or even hopelessness feels like. In all of the research on wellness, happiness, addiction, and mental health, one of the biggest protective factors are strong connections with other people. One of the longest longitudinal studies out of Harvard followed a cohort of men for almost 75 years, collecting thousands of pieces of data about them, including their income, physical health information, mental health information, the life issues they were facing. They were interviews with their spouses, their children, and grandchildren. The study wanted to find out what makes a happy and meaningful life. The biggest finding of the study was that the quality of the relationships that these participants had was the biggest predictor of happiness. The quality of the marriages reported in their 50s was found to be a better predictor of health in their 80s than their blood pressure was. Relationships don't just feel good for us emotionally, they're healthy for us physically as well. Psychologists have found that we have a social network in our brain that constantly scans our social world. If it detects that we're not securely connected, our self-esteem plummets and our stress response is triggered. We become anxious and unhappy and are at a great risk of becoming physically and mentally ill. Dan Butner, the co-founder of the Blue Zones, an organization that studies regions of the world where people live the longest and healthiest lives, recognized the importance of community and its relationship to longevity. Along with diet and lifestyle practices, Butner found that longevity was tied to several aspects of community, close relationships with family, and a tribe with shared beliefs and healthy behaviors. Relationships come in many different forms. It's good to have healthy ties to our spouses, families, friends, and colleagues. It's also healthy to feel connected to strangers we interact with briefly on a day-to-day basis. A 2021 study by psychologists Paul Van Lang and Simon Columbus found that positive interactions with strangers help us serve basic needs such as feeling connected, appreciated, along perhaps with the realization of personal growth in ourselves. They advise people to have initial brief interaction, even a smile to strangers. A psychologist named Nicholas Epley also found the benefits of interactions with strangers in research he conducted studying the behaviors of strangers on trains. He had three groups of commuters in Chicago do one of three things. Group one was told to keep to themselves. Group two was asked to do what they would ordinarily do. 
and the third group was asked to reach out and say hello to someone and start a conversation. Prior to the experiment, he had asked the participants how they would feel if they were made to do the third option. They said they wouldn't like it, and they reported that it would make them enjoy their commute less. They predicted that about 40% of commuters would be happy to chat. The results of the study found that every single one of the strangers they reached out to was happy to connect. The connection did not ruin their commute as they anticipated that it would. It made them feel happier, and the happiness carried over into the rest of the day. We are wired for connection. Unfortunately, the quantity and the quality of our relationships as a group has been declining steadily since the 50s. Although we are the most connected society there ever has been, we are also the loneliest. As Christians, we need each other. One of the biggest blessings of community is realizing that you are not alone. Realizing you are not alone is very healing. Even when you feel alone and misunderstood after a fight or in a particularly challenging life phase, God is with you. We have a connection with God, and we have the joy and opportunity to connect with others in the faith. What a blessing. Jesus himself is a wonderful example of how important it is to have a group and to have support. He chose his disciples to follow him, and they played a pivotal part in his ministry and in spreading his teachings around the world. They supported each other, they encouraged one another, and they challenged each other. It is critical to choose your friends wisely. God consistently reminds us to stay in unity with fellow believers and to watch for division. He urges us to create friendships with believers of good character. 1 Corinthians 15.33 reminds us, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Proverbs also warns of the destruction that bad friendships may bring about. Proverbs 18.24 says, One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. In Proverbs 22.24 and 25 also reminds us of how we can be influenced by those we spend time with. It says, Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. Proverbs even says that the righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. 12 verse 26. We become who we hang out with. James 4 4 makes an analogy of the danger of becoming friends with the world that could lead to enmity against God. It says, Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. God desires for us to love and serve one another. In 1 Peter 4.8, he says, Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. And in John 15.12 and 13, he says, My command is this, Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. God also calls us to serve one another. 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each one of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others, a faithful steward of God's grace in its various forms.
Reflection break. What are ways that you can deepen your friendships? What are ways that you can deepen your Christian community? I often think about my grandparents on both sides of the family and the fabulous communities they cultivated when they were young parents in the 1950s and 1960s. They were friends with the people they worked with and with their neighbors. They had card nights, dinner parties, and they went on vacation together. My parents also did a great job with connecting with friends and siblings throughout our childhood. The sense of community in our country has declined significantly since the 1960s. The number of close friends people report having has also declined since that time. The breaking up of nuclear families and the rise of technology disconnects us from our elders and our communities. COVID exacerbated this disconnection and we are still feeling the effects of it. I made a priority for our family to develop a stronger community of friendship in our church. My husband and I talked and committed to opening our home to hosting. We agreed that we wouldn't stress when we have gatherings at our house. We want to be a place where people feel welcome and comfortable. We have a big house that we're renovating. Our house isn't perfect, and people feel comfortable that it isn't a model home. I started my goal of community by hosting a 1920s-themed dinner party for some couples from church. We started having pizza nights with grilled pizza and expanded into game nights and movie nights for the kids. This started a weekly play date. Our church started connect groups where people can gather together outside of church and have a Bible study and fellowship. We hosted a connect group series in our home, and I think we had around 45 people at the first one. Now we have a robust community, and we feel connected to the other families at our church. Other families began to host couples nights and game nights and other events from Oktoberfest to an Olympic-themed summer party. This has been an incredible protective factor for us. Other people know our kids. We know other people's kids. We have similar values about our faith, along with our health, parenting, marriage. We have also been through each other's miscarriages, financial struggles, kids' issues, and even our own parents' divorces. We have built a support system that stemmed from the death of my friend. Building a support system takes effort, and it takes getting out of your comfort zone. It can be awkward and uncertain to get to know a new person or a new family. It takes a lot of courage and vulnerability to open up your home and to share your life with someone. It requires the possibility of rejection. You may invite someone to an event at your home and they might not want to go. It can be awkward not knowing what to expect if you don't know someone well. People inevitably cancel at the last minute due to childcare issues or sick kids part of life. Don't miss out on connections because you don't feel like you're rich enough, stylish enough, or have your house or your home together. If you don't have people over because you don't think your house is nice enough or you don't think you're interesting enough, or if it just seems like too much work, I urge you to reconsider. Come up with a way to build community that feels manageable and good to you. If you don't want to host, Consider meeting at a park with someone you want to deepen a relationship with. 
If there's someone in your life you want to get to know better, I challenge you to initiate a connection attempt. It's also extremely good for your marriage to do new things together and to get out of your comfort zone. No good story ever started with, hey, remember that time we were watching Netflix together for the sixth time that week? We need to get off our couches, away from our screens, and back into our tribes. It's easier not to initiate connecting with others, and it's easier to defer to our phone or watching a new TV series. But in the long term, it's fun and fulfilling to cultivate relationships with others, especially those who share our faith. It takes social risk, a little work, and some discomfort. When you feel that discomfort, know that it isn't bad. It may not be comfortable, but typically great things aren't created in your comfort zone, and relationships are included in that. I'm not saying you have to host a Met Gala, but create more intention around building a tribe. The Bible has numerous examples of connection and community. Elisha offered his support and fellowship to the prophet Elijah. 2 Kings 2.2 demonstrates Elisha's faithfulness. It says, Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Friendship and community offer support and encouragement for us. We're also commanded to support one another. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Ecclesiastes 4.10 says, If either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help him up. It's a joyful thing to have a community in Christ. Psalm 133.1 describes this beautiful feeling of unity. It says how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Romans 12.2 says to be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. And Romans 12.16, Paul goes on to say, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Paul also describes the church with the metaphor of a body. He discusses that there are many parts to the body, and all the parts are needed. He says in 1 Corinthians 12, 27, Now you are the body of Christ, and each of you has a part in it. In verses 24 and 25, he says, God has put the body together, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Focus on building your tribe with intentionality. It's critically important for your wellness to have a support system and a community where you feel like you belong. Connecting with others increases happiness. Participating in a community bonded by attitudes, values, and goals is an essential ingredient to enjoying a fulfilling life. Choose your support system wisely. Start to develop relationships with others in your church and connect through your shared faith in Christ. Love each other in your community. 
just as Christ has loved you. If you'd like to purchase your copy of Jenna's book, just go to the Time of Grace store or click the link in today's episode notes. Thanks for listening.